Welcome to the Business of You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Gogos. This podcast is dedicated to helping you uncover how to turn your big idea into big business and grow your personal brand into the business of your dreams. Each week, I'll talk to founders of all kinds of businesses, exploring how they launched and grew their companies. Behind every successful business is an epic journey, one that can serve as a roadmap to help you grow yours. The Business of You is all about frank conversations and unique business wisdom for the entrepreneur. It's a chance to tune into the story behind the brand and retrace the path of those who walked this road before you so you can pave your own road to success. Welcome to the Business of You. Today on the Business of You, you you're going to hear the story of Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze is both the founder and CEO of a company called Viewability that helps companies grow their brands on YouTube. Viewability is a really fascinating company. Uh, They offer several different services and ways to work with them. And they also have a new software that's out on the market called X-Ray. But you'll hear more about that on the show. What I found really fascinating was Tom's journey to founding his company. There was both synchronicity and serendipity involved, but also he just really leaned into his ability to handle high risk tolerance, uh, quite honestly, go into debt and take a chance on following his business dreams and business goals. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Business of You. Tom, like I said, has a really fascinating backstory down to what he studied in university and how he ended up launching his new business to clients that existed from his initial business. Enjoy today's episode of The Business of You. Tom, welcome to The Business of You. How is your day going so far? Very good, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, looking forward to chatting about branding and YouTube. And yeah, let's see what we've got. Yes, you are like the godfather of uh, YouTube marketing. So it's great to have you on. <laughs> Thank you. A few people have called me that recently. I don't know where it's come from, but uh, I'm, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start, Tom, by sharing your backstory. As a young kid, were you really interested in video or starting your own business? What What was young, young Tom's life like? Young Tom. Wow. Okay. So young Tom... Um, didn't really have a clue um, about video or anything like that. I think that my parents had a camcorder. <laughs> um, that was about as far as it went. Um, and uh, there's probably some home movies of like me as a kid. I don't know, the classic, like riding a bike or being in a bath. And that's probably as extent it went to. Um, but uh, I suppose I, I was always kind of quite a, um, I'll go to class and study hard and um I wouldn't necessarily say I'm the, the cleverest person, but I'll work hard. I'll probably outwork most people mm-hmm. um, from that standpoint. And the the approach I tend to take is go deep and dive into something. I've always had that approach. So uh, if I find something interesting, I'll just keep on going deeper and deeper and finding out more about that topic or that subject matter. And, uh, and to the point where I'm like, okay, cool, I think I've gone too deep now. I need to kind of retract myself out of this a little bit and come back to the normality. But uh, definitely feels like I have that tendency to do that. And, um, yeah, as I was growing up, I was lucky because my dad, um, was, uh, uh, is an accountant. He still is. Um, and, uh, so he's always had a foot in that kind of financial world and he's, and he runs his own firm or his own company as well. So 
I have like grown up not with the traditional nine to five um, father that would kind of be home at the weekends sort of thing. He would be very much a person that would um, be working ridiculously hard at times and then having a more chilled out time from time to time. Um, but definitely I could see that that was part of his nature, you know, to kind of um, work when it's needed. Um, and it gave him certain freedoms, but also kind of put certain stresses uh, on the family as well. And then, um, and growing up, um, I, I ended up kind of, well, my, my mother passed away when I was really young, like when I was 10. Um, and so that kind of like was a bit of a, a obviously a huge life change uh, for our household. Um, but she was very ill for a long time. So um, it was it was evident that was on the cars that was going to happen. Um, so it was kind of didn't take anyone by surprise. It's just more a case of it was a, a depressing chapter of my life. But like coming through that, I definitely felt like I had a, a much more, uh, of a different, a very different perspective on the world, so to speak. I, I definitely kind of cared less about the small stuff um, and realized that life, even at a young age, was like, okay, it's more about the big moments and trying to create more of those type of things. Um, and so, yeah, throughout, throughout school, worked hard, got my head down and, and did the best I could and uh, came out of school not knowing really what, what I wanted to do, but the going um, thing at that point, at that time, the fashionable thing was to go to university uh so i thought well i better go do that and um and like worked hard um in the year between going to university to try and make some money to get to, to actually get to university and be able to afford it and then um yeah worked uh, for three years doing psychology and absolutely fell in love with the subject matter uh, it was kind of a really um as i saw all of my friends at university do different things they didn't have any care about whatsoever like advanced mathematics with economics or something i could see that they just weren't interested in it whatsoever yeah. i was like i was passionate i was like wow i'm going to university every day and actually enjoying this um and um and then partying hard as well that always came part of the <laughs> part of the deal <laughs> with you going to university and um ended up kind of completing my three years and then went on to do my master's in psychology as well so that was kind of where i felt like i was really getting into the into the subject matter at that point and learn how to work with clients on a one-to-one -one basis but for things like anxiety and um i wouldn't say depression at all but definitely kind of lower level nervousness and anxiety and people kind of who wanted to present in public that would be fearful that was actually my first business i kind of out of university i started my first business and thought well i'm in a mountain of debt already what What's a little bit more debt if the business doesn't go well? <laughs> just add it to the add it to the tab, and um, so didn't have that. I didn't have that kind of fear at that point, especially not with having kids and that type of thing. It's kind of that moment where you think this is a great time to start a business if you can, if it's something you wanted to do. And um, I was I was unlucky for about six months, just not. I say unlucky. I just didn't have a clue what I was doing, and um, I was trying to get more exposure and um, work with like telephone directories and yellow pages to try and get some people to ring the business um no one was doing that and it was costing me a fortune all of the bank loan that i had went on like marketing that just didn't turn into anything and then um google sent me like a, a leaflet like a flyer and at the time it was like the early days so i wasn't even using google i was using yahoo at the time which kind of dates me a little bit there um and uh the yeah so i kind of I figured out that okay you, google are doing this search engine thing and you can run some ads on here and they gave me a credit of like the equivalent of like 40 dollars. oh yeah and, those um, marketing pieces they always send out 
Yeah, exactly. So I thought, well, I'll punch the code in and I'll see what I can do. And it was, it was, I didn't even have to put down my own money at that time. I just, they just gave me 30 pounds. Uh, so equivalent of like $40 at the time, mm-hmm. spent it. I had two phone calls, which is more than I've ever had. Um, and both of those people turned into clients. And I used to sell like half day packages with people on a one-to-one basis. Um, and it was to do with anxiety related issues. And normally it was public speaking and, um, anxiety related issues. And, um, so I worked with them on a one-to-one basis. Luckily I was good at my job and they felt far more confident giving their presentation, which is good. So I've been trained well. Um, and now I had this way of spending 30 pounds to kind of get about 500 pounds back from that. So my, um, my return on ad spend was very strong and, I, and, um, it just took a lot of my time and energy to do it. Yeah. Um, but I managed to ramp that up and make the diary full, um, which was great. So that was my first business and making more money than I could ever dreamed of at that time as well. But it would be a lot of hard work. I was doing pretty much everything and I hadn't worked out that you can actually get people to help you grow a business. And I thought I had to do it all by myself, which is weird. I don't know why I had that limiting belief, especially how my, my older brother runs a recruitment agency. So he could have really helped me out there with like, you could actually get a team to help you do this. Oh yeah, totally. But, um, and your dad yeah. had a team too, it sounds like. Dad had a team, my brother mm-hmm. had a team. And I was like, no, I, for some reason I had to do this all by myself. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what that was going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so really profitable, but just um, just knackered and not enjoying it and got burnt out a little bit. But during that period, I thought, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I was, won't start one-to-one. I'll do a group setting. Um, and it was difficult to sell because if you've got a p- public speaking fear, the one thing you want to avoid is a group and I was selling a group. Um, so it was a, it was a kind of barrier to entry there for sure. And in the end, I managed to kind of get all my old clients to come to these, um, these group sessions because they were like, I would love to come practice and I'd love to get that kind of confidence boost on a regular basis and just practice my skills. I was like, great, great we'll come along, we'll do it. And it was, um, we had a lot of people turn up for those, but two of the people, um, at the, at the first one I ran, they said, I promoted it using a video. So I'd figured mm-hmm. out how to put a video on my mm-hmm. website and promoted it. And they came up to me halfway through the uh, the event and they said, hey, how did you do that video thing on your website? That was really cool. And I was like, well, yeah, I just played around with it. And just and at the time, I, it was really difficult. I had a camcorder and I had a dictaphone and I had to sync them up in editing afterwards and make them all work. And I was terrible at even knowing how to do it all. And then I managed to embed it on, onto my website using YouTube, which again was not necessarily a popular platform at the time. Um, and uh, so I ran it and yeah, they loved it. And they said, can you come to our offices and do the same thing? I was like, I mean, it's amateur hour, but I can try. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, just if you do what you did for your website, then I'll be really happy. So I did that and um, managed to help them with their communication, which is what I was good at. But I wasn't very good at the the whole present, like the whole um the idea of like where the camera goes and the lighting and the mics. So I learned that pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, started doing this production for these businesses. And, um, and it it just kind of, it was something that was much more lucrative uh, because I could charge a lot more because then they want their videos to be promoted. And that's kind of the journey into running YouTube ads, to be quite honest, is that we got these videos on YouTube and the clients are like, well, what else can we do with them? And I was trying to do SEO and get them um, a lot more higher in the search results. And we got really good at that. And I started to hire some people at that time to help out. And then um, and then the SEO world kind of died away um, with lots of updates that Google did. And then um, as they were dying away, one of our clients, I was like, I really wanted to keep this client. So really good for us. I said, look, do you mind if I run some ads on your video? And he was like, go for it if you want to. But he was like, not going to, he was not going to 
be happy for to spend his own money. So I was like, I'll, I'll spend my own money. Wow. I'll try and make it work. And if it works, yeah. then great. And I, I didn't put much behind it, but I put about like probably about $200 or something behind it. And um, I called him and said, look, are you getting leads? Because I could see that he was, but I just wanted to make sure he was tracking you yeah. properly. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I've got them all coming in now. Actually, they're really good. I was like, oh, cool. That's good. And he's like, um, and so we had a meeting. We talked about it. And I said, look, I'm happy to keep the same relationship. I'll keep paying it. How much would you pay for a lead? Just so I can kind of run my numbers and see if that's worthwhile for me as well. And he did his numbers and he said, look, I'll give you 10 pounds, which is about 12, $13 mm -hmm. per lead. And I said, okay, fine. Let me have a look at the numbers and I'll come back to you. And I knew at the time that like I was going to do really well with this deal because it was costing me about two pounds to acquire oh. each lead that was coming through. Okay. So I was making a five extra turn. And, and funny enough, I worked out later that he was making pretty much the same on top as well. So it was just a ridiculously lucrative campaign we had built. And he was making a fortune off the top of it as well. But um, yeah, we both were like doing really well. And uh, we just had that relationship for a really long time where just I would fund the ads and he would pay for results. And um, I started doing exactly the same relationship and that same sort of financial deal with all of our clients. And um, so we have now not really changed that model over like, uh, I've been doing YouTube ads for 10 years now and uh, we haven't really changed that model at all. Uh, so we've kind of, we fund the advertising for a lot of our clients. They pay for results. But as time have gone on, we work with big corporate companies and lots of different people in between. Um, we just are flexible with how we work with people these days. We just want to make sure that we get a really good deal with them and, um, and make sure they're getting a really good result and everyone's happy. And then we can kind of go, cool, we're like, we're like your partners and we just help you grow and scale your business. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a, a bit of a brief journey. In, oh, I say, I say brief, probably not as brief as you would expect, but uh, that's kind of a history to, to myself and where it came from. No, that is such a fascinating journey. I mean, first of all, your your background in psychology must help you tremendously, even in the business that you're doing now, right? Because so, mm. so much mindset, I think, around doing video and doing it well for, for the subject matter expert. Um, but also, you know, the risks you took early on in, in your thought process of, you know, I already have debt. What's a little bit more debt? Let me just launch my business, which was in the area you studied, but your transition seemed so seamless, right? It was just so organic for you to go from working with clients around public speaking and anxiety. You're just doing something to build your own business. And then a couple of people want it from that. So um, a couple of questions. I just want to unpack this a little bit. Did you still have debt when you funded that first client's ads or had you paid it off at that point? Um, by that point I had paid it all off. Yeah. So okay. I had, um, the, uh, I didn't have debt. Well, I paid off all the debt to the banks and yeah. to the credit cards and that sort of stuff. That had all gone. I, luckily enough, I didn't, um, use any credit cards. There wasn't like massive interest accruing or anything like that. Okay. Um, so I just had like overdrafts and loans to pay back to kind of, uh, the student loan company, which is kind of a, um, a kind of a, I suppose a, a bank within, uh, with special rates for students, basically. Um, so that that has to be paid off once you're earning um, money. And so as a business, like, obviously, if you're taking a salary, um, then you have to declare that. But if you're taking, um, at the time when you take a, a lower salary and high dividends, that's kind of how it works in the UK, um, typically for business owners, then you, you pay that back over time. And it can be a long period of time, but the interest really isn't too much on that. Um, but uh, yeah, so, but the banks and stuff had all been paid back by that point. The business was pretty healthy. 
Um, and uh, I had a few personal loans to my, my dad and things like that at the time who had helped me out at different points going through university. Um, that was like, cool, I'll pay you back in due course. And uh, and that ended up happening. That that was one of those ones which could be deferred. <laughs> for right, right. Interest, interest free. Yeah, precisely. So I was lucky to have that for sure. Um, and it, it wasn't a huge debt, but it was definitely like a small amount of money it can feel sure. like a lot when you don't have any money at all, you know? Exactly. Um, so, um, but that, at that point it was like, there was money in the business and, um, I knew that like I could test 200 pounds to test on a client. And the way I've always looked at it is like, okay, cool. I'm happy. I'm quite a hot, I'm quite happy with high risk, you know, as you long are. as the yeah. opportunity is big. Yeah. So, so like, let's say for example, um, you have kind of 10 clients in front of you and you're not sure which one's going to win, but you, you know, you're going to lose on nine of them, but there's going to be one winner but the winner is going to be well worth it. And you're going to have a client for life and really grow in scale. I'm like, I'm happy to take those odds all day long. The work that's get through 10 clients is one thing, but if you're happy to do that, to find the one client that works really well, then it's like, cool, you've got a relationship where you just grow and grow and grow with that same client and you're not capped with your income. I've always looked at it like that, you know, to kind of think, right, I don't want to do a, a good job for 10 people. I prefer to do an exceptional job for one person and get paid more than 10 times you would have if you've done an okay job for everybody because you're probably going to need then a lot more staff and uh, overheads and um and also you kind of i find that if you have to do a really good job for one person you get that opportunity that time to go really deep into the subject matter as well yeah. so you can go so much deeper and you can understand exactly the inner workings of everything and test things Whereas if you're already getting busy with lots of surface level clients, it's harder, you know, um, unless you've got a system that's absolutely dialed in, which is slightly different. Um, but yeah, with advertising, I find that like the rules can change month on month. Um, yeah. And as a result, like you need to keep ahead of the game and keep you kind of keep sharp. Um, and um, having lot when you have lots and lots of clients, it's very difficult to do that. When you have like just a few select clients, you can get a lot better at that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So obviously you're very comfortable with risk because you basically took all the risk away from your clients too, right? And that's still, mm. as you mentioned, still your business model. Um, how how do you pick that one in ten winner though? Have you do you have some tactics to to be able to spot <laughs> that or criteria? Yeah, you get you get better at it over time for sure. sure. Um, I still don't feel like I've I've nailed it down. There's like. Uh, there's five things I look for, and then a sixth one, which is the hard one to explain. So um, the five things I tend to look for with, with running good YouTube ads is like, okay, first of all, they've got to have a good audience on YouTube, like a natural audience on a YouTube platform. If you're selling like heavy machinery to kind of big farming corporate company, it's just not going to happen on YouTube. It's just the people aren't there. If you're trying to sell to the head of procurement of HB, uh, HSBC bank or something that's also not going to happen like YouTube is not your platform LinkedIn might be great for that but YouTube's not your platform uh, it tends to be consumers mainly or entrepreneurs on the platform um, they're looking for uh, one of two things either information or entertainment typically um, and you just just think about exactly what your, your customers would type into Google and then be like right type that into YouTube and are there lots of videos about that with lots of views great there's a, there's a viable market on this platform for that um, so you check that. You yeah, that would be like audience check checking. That just makes like, sense. Is, the, mm -hmm. is, is there an audience already here? If I have mm -hmm. to kind of create an audience on the YouTube platform, it's going to be 
10 times harder. Um, right. Not to say it can't be done. It's just, it's kind of a lot, lot harder. Like let's say for example, so one of like a lot of our clients are like teach people how to play guitar or teach people how to play golf or teach people to trade the financial markets or teach people how to, it's kind of already people are on YouTube looking for that content. And so we're just saying they're already there. Let's just get in front of them. That's kind of one thing. Uh, so the audience is one. Um, ads is another. Can, they, can the client create good ads? Um, and they tend to fall into two camps on this one because some people are brilliant at direct response kind of selling um, and they've kind of got the personality for it and got the got the energy for it and can really present themselves and present a really good offer. I think anyone can do it, but some people need to be trained on how to do that. And some people just, it's not in their DNA to be able to do it. You know, just, just let's call it what it is. Like, I'm not great at that. Um, and I wouldn't fall into that camp. I could probably do it and train up on it, but it's just not naturally within me. You know, you get, it's like salespeople that can just do it really well. You're like, brilliant. You're excellent at that. But it is kind of difficult to predict if someone can really sell on video or not. Um, and then there's another type of business owner or business that um, can do really well with video. And those people, if you have like a personality in a video, it's the um, it's those people that can really educate very, very effectively. So it's those people that can give value um, and put construct a good offer and put kind of um, that spin on things, but definitely feels like the person who's more natural and more comfortable by just saying like, I've got some great advice for you and some great in insights for you and some knowledge here and some value I can share with you. They package that up and train really well. Um, and then at the end of it, they just have, so happens to have a call to action. That also works really well on YouTube. Um, so you, you kind of fall into two camps. The personality can be highly educational training type personality with a call to action. And then some people that are just like, just pure call to action and really good at that as well. Um, so you kind of fall into one or the other camp typically, but if you you're just not very good at being on camera and hate it, then again, YouTube might not be a great platform for you. Um, at least to advertise, you know, you've got to be good at that stuff. Um, so the audience ads, uh, there will also be acquisition. So acquisition is kind of saying, all A's by the way. Um, so um, acquisition is the next one, which is almost saying, uh, do you have a funnel? Do you have good opportunity from YouTube? Um, and uh, is there an offer that's in place that converts well? Is, is there something that we can point people towards and people are going to go and buy that stuff? Um, and, uh, and YouTube is kind of like, um, is really good for that. Um, lots of different offers work well, um, but I would say that the best ones I tend to offer see are kind of where it's video to another video. Uh, so like a, a video sales letter or a, kind of a webinar, um, or sometimes even going through to some sort of segmentation uh, so it might be the sort of thing where you push people through to a a scorecard application so you can kind of go there and find out more about your own personality or uh, find out a little bit more about this, that, and the other. So you can kind of answer a few simple questions and then get a scorecard of how you're performing, uh, for example, that can work well. Um, so yeah, ads, so audience ads acquisition, and then you have your um, account. So that's your ad account and how um, that is working. Um, and that's kind of, if you've already got history in your ad account and you're already getting good results, makes far, things far easier. Um, or if there's other ad accounts you have that are working well, like Facebook, for example, that can, that's going to be some insights drawn from that. And the fifth A is your attitude, uh, really. So attitude is kind of what the client is demanding or wanting. And they have to be really clear with that because as, a, as an, when it comes to ad buying, you've got decisions to make. And you need to know what the North Star is. You know, is it more profit? Is it more scale? Or what's most important? Like, I need to know 
how I can deliver results to people. Um, and that's kind of sometimes like clarifying that can be really important. Um, and then making sure the client's happy with what their aim is as well. Cause sometimes you hit it and you're like, okay, cool. You know, that profit goal you had just hit it. And they're like, yeah, but what about the scale though? <laughs> like, no, 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 wait a second. You told me one thing and I did it. And then uh, you got to make sure that actually that is what they want. But some people are like, okay, I want 43 times, um, return on ad spend in the next two weeks. You're like, okay, cool. That's not going to happen. That's cool too. Like people want the impossible and I'm like, I can't make that happen. So probably not going to be a great fit. Um, so those are the five A's. Like, so you've got um, the uh, audience ads acquisition account as well as attitude, and then there's a, there's a final one which is like a certain amount of um, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like you see it and you just know it. You know, it's really difficult to pinpoint that one. Um, whereas I think that comes with experience and intuition a little bit. But I'll see offers from time to time, and I'll be like, okay, cool. It's not scoring well in those five A's. Uh, it's got like three or four of them that are just terrible, but I see something in this one. Um, we work with a client whereby her, um, she teaches people mixed media art. She is amazing. And I wouldn't say that her ads are anything that I would write home about and say, these are brilliant ads. I wouldn't kind of showcase them necessarily. Not bad, definitely not bad. Um, but, um, but the thing that she had going for her was just her you could just see that she knows her audience so well and has such empathy that it's like just oozes out of her. And you're like thinking, I would want, I'm not even interested in mixed media art myself, but I would be interested in buying it um, because of like her. her energy. Yeah. Yeah. And her campaigns are killing it. So um, the I look at it sometimes where I feel like, okay, cool. There's sometimes something that turns me on. And I feel like that's that's going to, um, yeah. or, I shouldn't say turn me on, lights me up, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely something that kind of like sparks right. me. Uh, okay, that's willing, that's worth a punt. Um, it might not work, yeah. but I, there's something about it. But yeah. equally, you can score all, right on all five numbers and you think, well, logically this makes sense. And you're still like, mm, there's still right. something that doesn't sit well with me. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, that's why I'm, I wouldn't say I've got it down perfectly, but I'm getting better. Right. Like our success yeah, rate is yeah. very high because of our selection of client. Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you have an A word for that sixth thing or no? Uh, not yet. I, it's kind of like I, I have even... one. I think I have one for you. Oh, okay. Attraction. Go for it's it. It's like the law of attraction. Attraction. Yes. Okay. We could use that. Okay. The sit there is attraction. Done. It's in there. <laughs> well, seriously, yeah. because everything you're describing, right? Like it's just your, it's something kind of intangible, um, there's an energy about the person. There's an intuition of yours that sort of has to kick in to see if like you sense it or feel it. Um, but that's all very law of attraction kind of stuff, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, think about it. I just want to place in your no, framework. No, no, I'm, in. That's it. I'm, I'm just that's kidding. In. I'm just joking. That's great. I'm in. <laughs> this is what this call is all about. <laughs> exactly. Let's really nail your, your framework. Um, so speaking of frameworks, <laughs> Let's talk for a sec about your personal brand versus your business brand, because your company is called Viewability, but yet you, mm. Tom Breeze, also have a pretty strong personal brand. So what was your decision making in deciding to call your your company Viewability versus keeping the personal brand um, associated with it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that this is something that probably hasn't got a huge amount of depth to the answer other than... I don't want to call it myself because I might want to sell it one day. So I'll call yeah. it something else. Yeah. I'll call it viewability. Um, and that's probably as far as it went when I first decided upon it. 
also when I first started up, I had a business partner who in the end um, decided that it wasn't for them uh, okay. and we parted ways, but I kept the brand um, with that. So there was that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, there was thought to have like the Tom Breeze agency, but also I think that kind of pulls a lot on um, reputation and um, a lot of pressure on the personal name. You know, I already have the pet pressure of re reputation. I want to do the best job I can for every client we work with. Um, but I wouldn't say that our success rate is 100% with all of our clients. Like we we do our best and we're very good at it. But I wouldn't say that like we've cracked it for every single client we've we've ever worked with. Um, it can be hard that when it happens. And if it's my name at the top of it, it feels like it's um, it's an instant judgment on me personally, you know, if things work out or if things don't work out. So this, look, this is a team effort because it really is. Like I can be good at strategy, but I've got ad buyers on my team who are far better than me. And I have creative people in my team who are far better than me. Um, and um, I might have been the best at it when I first started um, because I was the only one in the team. Um, but I've there's people that have trained up over the years who have just superseded my skills and they're far better. I'm like, cool. You don't want to work with me. You want to work with my team. And that, that I don't necessarily want us to be under the Tom Breeze brand per se. It's kind of, um, as the team expands, it's less about me and it's much more about like the team are great. Um, so that was, um, that over time has, has felt good, but it's hard to build a, a, a hard to build a corporate brand that's, that's meaningful, you know, that actually is a proper brand and someone sees the brand and feels something about it. Cause I think there's still to today, like people want to talk to Tom Breeze rather than talk to a, um, a, a team member at viewability. Once they got to know them, they're like, yeah, I want to talk to the team at viewability. Tom's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> but um, the um, definitely the team take over and are brilliant. So yeah, that's kind of, that's as, that's the difference I suppose for me is that like there's a vehicle which does the good job that is less about me and more about the team is that's viewability. And, um, and then me personally, I can, I feel very comfortable talking about things like in a call now, for example, I can say whatever I want and it's not on behalf of the brand, you know, um, and I can do YouTube videos and I can say whatever I want. If I, if I wanted to swear, I could not like I do, but um, I can, I can have my own opinion and own, um feelings or uh, uh, kind of can say certain things as a personal brand it's not as easy to say as a as a viewability brand you know it's yes, not yes, have that so different true. voice so true how have you mm. built your business over this decade or so do you actually run youtube ads for for viewability or has it been more referral based or partnerships yeah we've run ads for our own stuff um and we do occasionally from time to time um, we have a very large prospect list that comes through that we um, have built over a period of time and and kind of we're very, I say very lucky, we, we are very lucky to have people that want to work with us on a regular basis, but also that's being created, you know. Um, so the, um, we, we do, um, we don't do anything on the outbound strategy uh, for the agency. We probably could do a lot more of that and we know how to, it's just that we haven't really pushed the button on that and gone really hard on it. And it's normally because we're just inundated with prospects that come through because uh, we can't take on every single prospect. And sometimes I've spoken at events. Um, I do a lot of podcasting and that type of thing. Um, and when I do those things, I can have like a big influx of businesses that want to work with us and uh, make lots of connections and contacts and things. But sometimes it can be like, well, 90% of that room weren't suitable for us as a, as a business. Um, but, uh, that's 
it's different different now because we have two different brands um and we have another brand that helps people grow on youtube and it's a lower entry to uh, lower barrier to entry there um and so there's kind of there's different offerings we have now which might change the game a little bit but definitely in the past i was like a bit, bit, bit more challenging to keep on getting more leads and spending money on achieving that when they're not all perfect so um yeah a lot of our work comes from uh referrals um a lot of our work um so it's like inbound referrals um and then um a lot of uh, and a lot of advertising um we haven't we haven't done a huge amount of advertising but that's kind of like our core way of driving business through the door um but yeah there's a lot more that we could be doing but um one thing we're putting our effort into um as we do with all of our clients and it feels like with the dentist with the bad teeth to a certain extent is um creating more content and putting it out there because yeah a lot of the time we'll we'll realize there's people talking about youtube advertising that don't really have much experience or they have like really good knowledge about their own campaigns but like when you see campaigns across like 100 clients and you see what's working and what's not working um and over the years as well and you see like it's kind of like I get to see so much more depth of knowledge about what works with different brands. I feel like I should probably share some of this intel because yeah. a lot of people are getting this wrong, and um, and it's probably time to start getting onto video and talking about it a bit more and promoting it through, yeah, the, yeah, totally. through the YouTube platform. Totally. With this uh, shift that Facebook made a couple of years ago in their ads algorithm, did you see a big influx in people wanting to run ads on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, there was. There's a lot of people that kind of it was the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people they're like okay now i finally need to figure out this youtube thing um so a lot of people kind of started to migrate uh their attention away from facebook and onto youtube and to be honest that's still the case now there's a lot more people who are like we've cracked it on youtube we've been given the cracks it on facebook and we've been trying to give youtube a go and we're getting mixed results and can you take over that we get a lot of that um uh, and that's great that's good business for us as well because normally we look at things and say You've got most of the assets you need. Maybe they need a bit of a tweak. You just you just run your account incorrectly, or you've um, you've kind of expecting the world, and this is how to grow YouTube, and it's a bit slower to build it, but then you get better and better results over time. So, um, yeah, it can be that there's a lot of um, almost like a bit of an exodus from Facebook when a lot of the privacy updates changed. But even before that, people are getting banned and people are getting kind of shut down for no good reason um, in a lot of instances. And so a lot of people kind of looking for that second platform to to play on. Um, and for a lot of people now, it becomes the first platform. You know, they can't get better results um, elsewhere other than YouTube. Like YouTube is, is such a good platform for quality of customer. Um, and um, it's such a good platform for scale. Once once you're past the hard bit, you know, like once you've got all those pieces in in play, where you've got good those offer, five got good things, ads, mm-hmm. yeah, the five things. Mm-hmm. Once you've got that in place, you can really grow and scale. And it's quite linear. There's not these like huge hmm. ups and downs as you get there. It's kind of quite a smooth journey up to just spending more until it kind of gets to a plateau. And then you just what we do recommend for most people is just like pull back by 10, 20% off of that max spend you can do. And yeah. there it will run really smoothly. Um, hmm. and yeah, you can have a really effective campaign growing there. Um, but people get greedy and they want to increase yeah. their spend all the time and increase their profit margins. Understandably, they're a business at the end of the day. It's just that it becomes very challenging for lower, lower levels of wins sometimes, you know? So, yeah. Okay. What are, uh, maybe three tips or so that are, would be like the anatomy of a good YouTube campaign for someone looking to build, build their business, build their brand. 
Yeah. So I would, um, I would, it's how you get started on YouTube is really important. So one thing I'd suggest to people is say, go and create really good content to start with. Just kind of create a video as if like you have to give a presentation from stage to a hundred people and they're all your ideal ca- customers, but they're there for content. Like what would you say to them for a 30 minute presentation? Think about that. Now condense it down to like an eight minute video um, and then have a two minute call to action at the end of it. Um, that's kind of like what I'd recommend for a lot of people is to say, create that to start with and then use a platform called, um, well, it's YouTube, but the, the, the ad um, that you'd want to run is called an in-feed video ad, which is where that video thumbnail shows up at the top of the search results or on the right-hand side um, when you're watching a video or beneath the video if you're on mobile. And it's just a thumbnail. And so if people click that, then they play, you basically pay to get the viewer. Um, it grows your brand because each view can be very cheap, but you grow your brand. Um, and if you optimize the campaigns, so you want to choose the keyword targeting, which is still available to brands as well. So you can use keyword targeting. You can literally see which keywords are driving really high retention on viewers. Um, and so you kind of you can even get better results from running ads than you do organically um, from your uh, from your campaigns, because you get to choose the demographics and locations and uh, genders and that type of thing. But yeah, you can run that and then um, optimize the campaign to choose the right keywords. Let that run, and uh, and nine times out of ten, it's going to drive really good leads and sales to the business very very cost effectively. But you won't be able to spend more than maybe like fifty, a hundred dollars a day. You'll cap out at that point, but you can drive really effective campaigns. And then once you've got that, the next stage, um, I would say is to say, right, of all those viewers that have been watching your video, now show them a like test out a load of direct response ads, like one minute videos, telling people you've got something that you want to share with them and go and download it here and do that call to action. Um, so you can kind of like get back in front of the people that already know your brand and have got to know, like, and trust your content. Um, and then you can test out a load of creative there. And then the third thing is then now you've got a good ad and you've seen what keywords are working. You can turn those keywords into audiences, like called custom audiences. Um, and also you can start to select like personalities on YouTube uh, or brands that you've been, let's say, for example, you've been advertising, you see really good results from lots of um, channels that you've been advertising on, for example. You can use those channels and their websites to grow new audiences. Um, again, custom audiences, they're called on YouTube. And then you can run direct response ads, they're called um uh, kind of responsive ads that you would run in that instance. Um, and um, yeah, you would you would choose those. You have now choose audiences, not keywords. But you've already got that data in your account. You can see what ads and what offers are already working. Um, and so you can double down. And that's the, the journey into YouTube. And if you can get those pieces um, lined up, you're going to have a much smoother journey in than just wins and failures. Or you can like slowly build it out. And it'll take you probably two or three months, but you're going to get um, that growth a lot more reliable and consistent as well. Mm. I could see why somebody would hire your agency to help them with all these things, even just those. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of moving parts, but it, it, the, yeah. the payoff is brilliant. You can really scale and grow and build a massive business around it. Um, but it's it, yeah, there's moving parts. You know, it's yeah. not a simple yeah, thing totally. just to be like, just go create a quick video and you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's good as, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can easily be learned or a team member can dig into it and learn it. Um, but it's um, sometimes it's easier just to pass it off to people who know what they're doing and just get a right. good deal with them. You know, it's a, get, get like a, a win-win for both companies and uh, you Absolutely. should be off and running. You mentioned, it's the last question, you mentioned having multiple brands that you're 
you know, growing and expanding. What are those brands? And can you say just a little bit about each of them? And also why you decided to create a different brand versus maybe call them uh, products or a different service under the viewability brand? Yeah, good question. So, um, so we built, yeah, it, it's a question that I wouldn't say I've nailed down personally. And, okay. And yeah. You might have advice for me as well. So um, we have the Tom Breeze brand, which is one thing that's kind of like a, I think that's been created just because I am, because I, I exist, right? So there's kind of that brand. Viewability being the agency that's a high-end um, agency that works with big brands going places, you know, like really growing. And so it felt like th- those brands have kind of been set quite nicely and that's how we've got to, has how we've been known. And then we are building a new service and a new software. Um, and when we're doing that, we're like, it's going to feed our bigger stuff over here. It's going to f- feed viewability, but it's such a wildly different message. Um, and it's all about growing a YouTube channel with low spend, getting really good returns. And we're like, do you know what? Like we start off as like a skunk works project for us to be like, will this work? Should we give it a go? Let's test it out. Let's see if a few things can work. And uh, we called it Badirk, um, just because that was a word that I used to shout at my brother, and he used to shout it back at me when we were kids. <laughs> I don't know why, it doesn't mean anything, really, just Badirk, just a noise to make, just to annoy our parents probably more than anything else. Um, but it took a life of its own, and uh, so now we have this company called Badirk, um, which is, um, it kind of always makes me laugh <laughs> internally, as I say it, even now. <laughs> but um, the the whole idea behind it is to kind of amplify what you're already doing on YouTube and other platforms as well, but primarily YouTube and say, right, we can help you identify exactly what content works for you, how to improve it and then how to amplify it um, and get it in front of more and more people. So you can really build this really big brand. And I was like, we need a different brand because it's going to be very different to what viewability is doing. Um, right. So that's kind of why I built that next brand. And then, um, and yeah, so that's kind of, and so, that was the decisions behind it, but I, I must admit, even today, there's still questions about like, do we keep with this this many brands? Because it's hard to kind of yeah. keep the messaging separate and uh, and keep it all coherent and things. So yeah, it's not an right. easy um, process. Right. right. Well, you could always put Bedirk under viewability. Um, yeah. No, we can talk about this offline. Actually, you got my wheels turning. But I. But yes, I totally <laughs> understand the conundrum. But then you also mentioned a software um, earlier in our in our pre-discussion called X-Ray, right? Yeah. So we have a, a piece of software called X-Ray as well. Um, great so name, by the way. Great name. That was okay. Yeah. Cool. Didn't get the same compliment for Badirk, um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like Badirk. It does make me laugh. But but X-Ray, we have a definition of X-Ray, right? Like we all of us, because we have some concept of of what that means to have that done. Yeah. Um, and I have a sense of what you created sort of aligns with with the definition that most of us carry in our brain already about it. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely pulling on that heuristic of mm-hmm. saying, you know what it is already. And what it does mm-hmm. is just scans the whole of your YouTube channel and mm-hmm. looks at all the data that's very difficult to find inside of your YouTube analytics and just really just shows it to you and says, here's what you need to know and here's your best stuff and here's how to improve it. Uh, so it just lays it out really nicely for you so you can plug in your YouTube channel and just see what the hell's going on. Um, and we needed it because we were like, we needed to kind of understand what metrics are most important, how to um, how to improve content and then how to amplify it. So we were using it as a software and we're like, actually, hang on a second. The conversations we're having with prospects is incredibly um, insightful and they're loving it. So we then worked out how to make a, like a public version of it. Um, 
And then um, the the funny thing was is that like, as we were doing it, we realized that as we were talking to a couple of agencies about it, and they're like, "How do we do that?" And I was like, "Oh, right." And then we so we worked out how we can license that same software to agencies. So we have a lot of like agency partners now that use our X-ray software, but to kind of like either sell it as a service or they um, or sell it as a software or they use it with their clients and say, look, here's how to constantly be improving your YouTube content and potentially amplifying it as well. So um, it's kind of taking a life of its own and we're just like letting it go where it, wanna, where it wants to go. Um, and uh, yeah, so far so good. So we've kind of, um, yeah, it's the fourth brand that we've got to play with now as well. <laughs> um, but like, that's something that we're kind of, it's not necessarily quite as well known, um, but Badurk uses the software quite heavily, as does Viewability. But yeah, um, so Viewability and Badurk both use the software to work with clients. Um, but then we have it as an available option for other agencies to to use it as well. Yeah, well, it's super niche audience for X Ray, right? It's really other agencies. So um, yeah, that, that I mean, the X Ray is used for other agencies, and then but really, if um, if anyone's got a brand they want to grow on YouTube. They can also use it as well. We're just going to use the branding of that for other other um, agencies. But Badurk, um, you can go there and you can order an X-ray, so to speak, and it will kind of go grab all of your data and then display it back to you um, in a really neat, coherent way. Um, and actually, you can do that for free. So at Badurk.com um, and uh, all the X-ray.io. So different places, but the same outcome, basically. Right. How do you spell Badurk? Uh, yeah, good B-A? question. Uh, B-I-D-U-R-K.com. B-I-D-U-R-K.com. Got yeah. it. That's Funny great. enough, when I when I secured the web domain uh, name, um, I also ended up kind of asking my family, how would you spell Badurk? And I get, basically got all <laughs> the rest of the different spellings <laughs> for Badurk. So that was like, smart. All back into one, yeah. <laughs> That's so smart. Well, maybe it'll be the next Google, right? Precisely, yeah. A Google will be nothing for us, yeah. That'll be easy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tom, where's the best place for people to find out about you, to work with one of your brands? Aside, And we'll put the links of the domains in the in the show notes for sure. Yeah, I think the, probably the best place to go is tombreeze.com. The, there you can kind of find your way around all the different things we're doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of my personal brand and, um, we're building that out a bit more officially now, so to speak. So uh, that's the wheels are in motion as we do that. So, yeah, it's a good place to close to find out what we're up to. That's great. Well, it's been great having you on the show and, and looking forward to, uh, the growth of Bedirk and X-Ray and viewability. Thank you so much, Rachel. Good to catch up and, uh, let's speak soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the business of you. If you found a little dose of inspiration or learned something new, please leave a review and share it with a friend or even two. Interested in building your brand and business? Tune in next time to the Business of You podcast. And remember, there's only one you. You're the biggest differentiator your business has. Until next time, friends.